Welcome into another edition of the Heart and Hustle podcast. Nick Grunowitz here. Thanks for joining me. A uh, quick intro for this one uh, as we continue to wait for some more details about the return of the NBA season. Uh, but uh, we got a chance to catch up with Michael Carter-Williams, Orlando Magic point guard, about the return of the season, getting ready to enter the NBA bubble, and of course, his participation in the protests here in Orlando over the last few weeks. If you're listening for the first time, Nick Grunowitz here. Scott Inez is normally with me. You can catch us weekdays on ESPN 580 Orlando, 96.5 FM HD 2 uh, from 4 o'clock until 6 o'clock. You can catch me from 6 to 8 as well on weeknights on Live Local and Loud. Follow us on Twitter at Inez Says and at ESPN 580 Nick. Uh, this has been an interesting week uh, for the Orlando Magic, for the NBA, as uh, we learn more and more about uh, the return. Uh, some hesitancy from players. Uh, as I'm recording this, the players are holding a conference call about some hesitancy led by Kyrie Irving. Uh, we'll have more on that next week when we get a little bit of perspective, a little bit of time uh, on what's going on there. Obviously, players have their concerns, and uh, we kind of knew that this was going to happen in some sort of a version, uh, but it seems like the return for the NBA, eh, not quite as smooth sailing as maybe Adam Silver could have thought that it was. But we'll get into all that next week. This week, a great conversation set up for you. Uh, Orlando Magic a backup point guard, whatever you want to call him, second, third string point guard, Michael Carter-Williams uh, joined us here on the show. Don't forget, this is a guy that was out of basketball. Michael Carter-Williams was on a 10-day contract with the Magic last year uh, and earned himself a spot on the team this year uh, and, of course, has uh, embraced Orlando over the last uh, couple of weeks uh, with his participation in the protests in the wake of the George Floyd murder. So let's get to that conversation. Michael Carter-Williams, Orlando Magic point guard. MCW, appreciate the time, man. Um, the plan is set. The magic. You guys are going to be part of this 22-team field, the ESPN Wide World of Sports. To say that we, the fans, are looking forward to live competition again is an understatement. So what about you? I mean, you guys have kind of been off for three months now. Are, are, are you looking forward to this? Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to get back on the court. I know the rest of the guys feel the same way. Uh, you know, we've been working in the gym ever since it's been open. Um, you know, guys have been really committed, so we're excited for it. Yeah. How difficult has it been for you to kind of, you know, keep your mind and your body sharp knowing that it has been three months since you guys actually played NBA basketball? Has that been uh, uh, the difficult part? Yeah. Um, you know, I think the best thing to do is just try to, you know, block it out. You know, I think now is a time where, like, it's, you know, we had to deal with we had to deal with, and now we got to – you know, get in shape and, and just go full head of steam forward. Cause I mean, everybody's, you know, not going to be at their peak, you know, everybody had three months off. So we all did what we could to stay in shape and, and keep our bodies right and our minds right. But, you know, now it's, you know, kind of said and done. Like we got the dates, you know, we know what we're getting into and um, we just got to make the best of it. Mm, yeah. I know in, in hearing from uh, your coach, Steve Clifford and Alex Martins, Speaking with him last week, I know plenty of Magic players have been taking part in the voluntary workouts. Is that something that you think, you know, may help you guys going forward into this season uh, 2.0, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, you know, who's ever in the best shape, whoever's, you know, putting the most work in the offseason is going to have a little bit of, of an edge, especially the first few games. You know, if we can, 
even, you know, catch a, a win that, you know, maybe on the books we weren't supposed to, you know, just because we were in better shape and we were more prepared, then, you know, I'll take, you know, you take it any edge you can get, you know, you take. Here we are in the midst of a pandemic um, three months ago. Uh, if you were to say, okay, a pandemic's coming, I, I would, um, I would probably have you drug tested, but nonetheless, here we are. <laughs> And and the plan is to move forward with playing. I know there are a number of precautions being taken by the league, uh, but is is there yeah. a part of you, MCW, that that's a little leery about, about playing basketball in a virtual bubble during a pandemic on the Disney campus? Are you a little concerned by that? Um, no, not really. You know, it kind of reminds me of like a the AAU scene. You know, kind of going back there again, and everybody's in the same place. Um. You know, I really get those vibes from, you know, what we're kind of going into. But, you know, it's obviously different. It's a little worrisome that, you know, we're all going to be in, you know, we can't leave certain boundaries because of, you know, COVID. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Stakes are a little bit higher than the AAU. But did you did you come down here right. and play AAU? Yep. I played yeah. down here in Orlando. Nationals down here. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would imagine playing at Disney, you know, right down the road for you guys. You don't have to get on that team plane. Does that we've been talking about this, and I quite frankly I don't know if it helps or or, or not, but th- does that help the Orlando Magic anyway, knowing that you're playing here in your backyard? Um, I don't know. Yeah. You know, that's a hard one. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, everybody's so used to it by now. Right. Right. Yeah. And there's no fans, so if there was fans, I would say definitely. Yeah. You know, that would be a totally different conversation. Yeah, and that's going to be weird, isn't it? I mean, that that's going to be that really is weird. Be weird. Yeah, but, is, like, and, yeah. and even you, you talked about AAU. I mean, there, there are a bunch of people who show up for those AAU games. I, I would imagine that this right. is going. Now we haven't gotten official word yet, unless you have. We haven't gotten official word yet. I think the NBA is kind of leaving that open ended because here we are when we're in phase two in Orlando. Who knows what happens by the end of July? But how weird is that going to be? Likely playing in front of nobody in an arena with the stakes as high as they are going into the playoffs. Yeah, no, it is. It is going to be really weird. It's going to take some getting used to. Um, yeah, I don't even you know know what to expect. I've never really played in an empty gym before. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. None of you guys have Michael Carter-Williams of the Orlando Magic. Let's shift gears and talk about what's going on in our country, what's going on socially right now. I know you've been on the forefront. You you have marched in protest. Um, what, what about what's going on right now? I, I saw you, you know, you, you did, you have marched in protest. What, what do you make of what, what this country has experienced since the death of George Floyd over two weeks ago in Minneapolis, MCW? Um, you know, obviously it's, you know, very sad. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are hurt. Um, you know, I think it's a time where, you know, black people and, and are, are fighting for some justice that's, you know, kind of deserved and involving, you know, police brutality and, um, you know, everything that's going on with the death of, you know, George Floyd and, you know, Breonna Taylor's, you know, birthday being the other day. You know, I just think that it's a it's a real sensitive time. And, um, it's a time where, uh, you know, you, we've seen a lot of people come together, you know, no matter the race, and you know, have support um, of, of black people. And I think that's a, a, a huge thing. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to fix all our issues, but I think it's a, a step in the right direction. And, you know, I go out and I've protested, I've marched, um, you know, I do it for, you know, obviously to fight for, you know, the right cause and what's going on. But I also do it, you know, for, you know, Orlando and, and 
you know, I know we get a lot of support from, you know, from everyone. Uh, I know we get a lot of support from the black community. And, you know, it's kind of, I just wanted to give back to that and show face that I'm here, you know, fighting with you guys kind of side by side and, um, you know, kind of to leading on, you know, what's right in a, in a, in a peaceful way. We've obviously reached some sort of tipping point here. And I've said many times on this show over the last two weeks, like, I, I want to do my part. I want to do my part in making this a better country for everybody. What, what You know, uh, other than, than marching, like, what it, it's going to have to turn into action, right? Like, what can I do? What can yeah. we do to make this a better country for everybody, Michael? Um, you know, I think it's, you know, just challenging people to, you know, to, to kind of believe what you believe, to challenge people to believe that, you know, there is an issue in this, you know, in this country and that it needs to be fixed. And, you know, I think a big part of it, is, you know, is teaching the younger generation, you know, about, about you know, white privilege and, and, and about, you know, things that go on in this country and, and, and telling them that, you know, bringing them up history of, of what happened. So they're aware, you know, I mean, some people, you know, it's not even their fault. They don't know what's going on because they're so they've been blinded by it their whole lives. So, you know, you catch, you know, a friend or, or anyone close to you that's, you know, maybe doesn't have the education that you have about the subject, educate them on it. You know, and I think that, you know, and that's what I try to do with, you know, my, my close friends and my close family, you know, I, the people that are like, you know, why are people marching or bringing up looting or, you know, other stuff, you know, that kind of is outside the bubble of, you know, what's going on just to educate them in, in, in a healthy way. And I think that's what, you know, kind of travels, you know, the people that you're close to. I know it's hard and people are like, oh, what can I do? You know, I can't really make a difference or I'm uncomfortable because I'm a different, you know, uh, race than, you know, than, than black people. And I don't want to offend anybody. I think it's just learning about it and, and respecting it and hearing it and then passing that along, you mm -hmm. know, to whoever, you know, to your connections. You know, I've spoken to you know, people at Syracuse, I've spoken to the AD, I've spoken to Coach Bayheim. you know, I've spoken to so many people about the matter and how people are feeling that they're able to understand a little bit better. And I think that's what's, you know, really important for everyone to do. Yeah. You mentioned the rioting, you know, and, and the looting, some of that that's going on. There are a bunch of peaceful protests also happening all over the country. But do you think that the, you know, the, the, the visceral pictures of the rioting and the looting, that that tends to take away from the message that you and, and, other good people want to get out there? Absolutely. And and it's it's something that I, you know, kind of completely stay away from. You know, if somebody's spending energy on bringing up looting, you know, it's taken away from, you know, what, you know, people are protesting peacefully for. And, you know, the looting isn't happening, you know, everywhere around the country. You know, there's so many more peaceful protests than there is looting. But yet, you know, a lot of the focus will be on, you know, people looting. And I think that's, you know, a little bit of an escape go to, you know, really focus on the true matter at hand, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Can, can you relay for my audience, uh, MCW, can you relay some of the issues perhaps that, that you've experienced in your lifetime being a black man that, that you know, that um, people like me, a, a white dude, um, have not experienced before? Can you relay some of those stories to us to for, for it to kind of hit home for us? Yeah, you know, I've been, you know, I, I, I've been treated, you know, differently in many, in many different ways from when I was younger to, you know, last summer, you know, I was in, in I was in, um, I was renting a house in Calabasas and, you know, a guy had, you know, came over to me and asked me kind of like, um, he was asking me, you know, do I live here? You know, who do I rent, who do I rent this house from? And like, I was thought he was coming over to like, you know, be welcoming. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you asking me all these questions for? Like, 
you know, I, I don't understand, like, what you're trying to get at. And he's like, well, there's been some robberies around the neighborhood. And I was like, oh, so you, you came to me to, you know, to mm-hmm. alarm me that there's been people robbing the house and I should, you know, take precautionary issues. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he wasn't. You know, he was, you know, wanted to know, like, you know, you know, and he was just being, you yeah. know, judgmental about the situation, thinking that, you know, maybe I had something to do with it, even though I've been living there the whole summer and he doesn't know me through a hole in the wall. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then I've had issues with, you know, I've had issues with police. You know, I've had, you know, I've been reprimanded in, in, in many ways that I, you know, didn't deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been pulled out of a car, you know, for for nothing. You know what I mean? And I've, I've always cooperated with police. I've always been taught by my family to cooperate with police and not be disrespectful. And, you know, just I, I've dealt with racism. I grew up in a, in a predominantly white area. You know, I grew up, you know, being called an Oreo, this and that. You know, the things that are, you know, I've, I've been accused of many different things in my, you know, in my hometown that have, have not led to be true and, and have harsh punishment for it, you know. So there's, 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 you know, many issues that I've been through that have been completely unfair, but, you know, because the color of my skin and, you know, the color of my family's skin, you know, we just get looked at differently. Mm. Thanks for sharing those stories, man. I, I know that that can't be easy. It's probably very uncomfortable, but I think it helps um, those of us who, who did not grow up like that and, and did not have those experience uh, experiences. Do, do you expect the NBA, Michael, when we start up again, do you expect the players to do something um, in terms of, you know, before games, after games, um, to, just to keep the conversation and the actions going. Do you expect NBA players to do anything here in Orlando? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think we'll, every, everybody will, you know, think of something and, uh, you know, we'll keep the conversation going, keep speaking on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's, you know, especially important to me, you know, I come from a family, you know, I got, my, my on my father's side, you know, it's predominantly African American, and then you know, and my mom's, you know, half. So I got, and then my stepfather, he's white. So mm-hmm. I got white brothers and sisters. I got, I got, you know, a black brother. Uh, you know what I mean? I so it's it's so interesting to me, you know, from you know living kind of on both sides mm-hmm. of that edge, and um and and you know, obviously my you know all my family's in full support of you know what's going on and and, and fighting for justice, but. You know, it hits home for me, definitely. Sure, sure. Well, in the meantime, going back to trivial things here, MCW, what about yeah. this Magic team? I mean, we're in the playoffs as of right now. This is a team that was playing some of its best basketball, you know, right before the stoppage. These playoffs yep. uh, will probably be one of the most unpredictable playoffs in NBA history because of the circumstances. So might the Magic be one of those teams that, that may be able to surprise some folks out at Disney? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, like I said, we're all excited. You know, we're ready for it um, at this point. You know, it is what it is. We're going, we've never seen this before, but, you know, we're excited. You know, we want to jump on people early and, you know, make a run at this. You know, I, I believe, you know, so far we've earned a spot in the playoffs. I believe we can jump up a little bit. And, you know, if we do the right things and, you know, get things in motion. Well, it'd be great to see. It'd be great to see NBA basketball and certainly great to see Orlando Magic basketball here before long. MCW, man, thank you. Um, Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your candor. I know it's not the most comfortable thing in the world to talk about, but uh, the conversation has been started and and, uh, we're going to continue it here on the show. And we appreciate it. And uh, let's go play some basketball here pretty soon. All right. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it.